It's the full story of life crushed into four minutes. The entirety of humanity in the palm of your hand crushed into one sentence. Listen, it's intense, right? God, our sins, paying everyone life. The greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told. God. Yes? God. The maker and giver of life. And by life, I mean any and all manner and substance. Seen and unseen. What can and can be touched. Thoughts, image, emotions, love, atoms, and oceans. God. All of it is handiwork, one of which is masterpiece, made so uniquely that angels look curiously. The one thing in creation that was made with his imagery, the concept, so cold. It's the reason I stay bold, how God breathed in a man and he became a living soul. Formed with the intent of being infinitely, intimately fond. Creator and creation held an eternal bond. And it was placed in perfect paradise till something went wrong. A species got deceived and started lusting for his job. An odd list of complaints. As if the system ain't working. And used that same breath he graciously gave us to curse him. And that sin seed spread through our soul's genome. And by nature of your nature, your species, you participated in the mutiny. Our, yes, our sins. It's nature inherited, black in the human heart. It was over before it started. Deceived from day one and led away by our own lust. There's not a religion in the world that doesn't agree that something's wrong with us. The question is, what is it? And how do we fix it? Are we eternally separated from a God that may or may not have existed? But that's another subject. Let's keep grinding besides trying to prove God is like defending a lion, homie. It'll need your help. Just unlock the cage. Let's move on on how our debt can be paid. Short and sweet. The problem is sin. Yes, sin. It's a cancer. An asthma, choking out our life force, forcing separation from a perfect and holy God. And the only way to get back is to get back to perfection, but silly us. Trying to pass the course of life without referring to a syllabus. This is us. Keep up your good deeds. Chant, pray, meditate. But all of that, of course, is spraying cologne on a corpse. Or you could choose to ignore it as if something don't stink. It's like stepping in dog poop and refusing to wipe your shoe, but all of that ends with how good is good enough. Take your silly list of good deeds and line them up against perfection, good luck. That's life past your pay grade. The cost of your soul, you ain't got a big enough piggy bank, but you could give it a shot. But I suggest you throw away the list, cause even your good acts are an extension of your selfishness. But here's where it gets interesting. I hope you're closely listening. Please don't get it twisted. It's what makes our faith unique. Here's what God says is part A of the gospel. You can't fix yourself. Quit trying, it's impossible. Sin brings death. Give God his breath back, you owe him. Eternally separated, and the only way to fix it is someone die in your place, and that someone gotta be perfect, or the payment ain't permanent. So if and when you find a perfect person, get him or her to willingly trade their perfection for your sin and death in. Clearly, since the only one that can meet God's criteria is God, God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness. His death functions as payment. Yes, payment. Wrote a check with his life, but at the resurrection we all cheered because that means the check cleared. Pierced feet, pierced hands, 
bloodstained son of man, fullness, forgiveness, free passage into the promised land. That same breath that God breathed into us, God gave up to redeem us. And anyone and everyone, and by everyone I mean everyone, who puts their faith and trust in Him, and Him alone can stand in full confidence of God's forgiveness. And here's what the promise is, that you are guaranteed full access to return to perfect unity by simply believing in Christ and Christ alone. You are receiving life. Yes. Last week, if you were here, you remember we talked again about being weird. And, you know, we, we looked at a concept of just how we think about being weird, that we as Christians are supposed to be different in this world. But tonight we want to look at a weird way that Jesus saved the world. And we recognize that, you know, there are many different people that tell you there are so many different ways that you could be saved. Or have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But we know that there's only one way. So we want to just, as, if we could just go to the first slide, as we think about last week, we talked about where this whole concept comes about being weird. We look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 again. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. For those who weren't here last week, we talked a little bit about this and understand that there are many people, many, that are on this road to destruction. But there's only few that find eternal life. There are few that are on the narrow way. And you know so many times, and, and, and we talked a little bit about it last week, that the world tells us that, you know, you ought to be this way. And when we go contrary to the world... We're going to be different. And that's what God has called us to be, different. He's called us to be a light in a dark world. And the question, like we talked about last week, is what are we doing about that? Are we being a light in a dark world? Are we being different than the world? You know, we again talked about last week, we said, why people don't come to church? Because we always hear the same thing. The church is full of hypocrites. Is that hypocrite me? Is that you? You know, and, and you know what? We're not perfect. And let me just tell you something that we didn't say last week. As a Christian, when you start to bring up the name Jesus, things are going to get weird in the conversation. Things are going to get weird with the people around you because we so many times don't talk anything about Jesus. If I said tonight, let's talk about the Miami Heat, you all have a lot of things to tell me. See that? <laughs> if I say, let's talk about the movies, we could have a conversation here all night. But when I say talk about Jesus, it's like, whoa. It gets kind of quiet, kind of weird in there. 
And that's what we want, that's what we're talking about. But tonight we want to talk about two different views of God that people have. Religion. Man's normal attempt to reach God and Christ. God's weird way to reach man. You see, religion teaches a lot of things that we like to hear in our churches today. You see, we hear a lot of things about you got to come to church a certain way to be a Christian. You know, we hear the certain things, well, you have to do this in order to be a Christian. You know, if you, if you don't get things right before you come to church, why, you know, how, how can you come to know Christ? You see, we have a lot of things that religion teaches us. And that's, you know what it is? We like to talk about religion because that's a man's way of trying to get to Jesus. You know, we think if we come to church every week, we good in God's books. I don't know about you, but um, I had a very um, funny childhood. That I had a funny childhood um, thing that used to go on. I was a Chicago Bulls fan. And I was very superstitious. And I still am a Chicago Bulls fan. And if you all didn't know, last week Friday, the Bulls beat the Heat. All right, anyway. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta be happy about that because when it comes playoff time and, you know, it might happen. Anyway, I remember growing up as a teenager, we used to come to church Sunday morning and we used to come Sunday night. Wow, that's kind of weird, eh? Sunday night, you know, you don't come to church, right? Anyway. But I remember I had this, this point of view in my mind that when the Bulls was in the championship, if I didn't come to church, they was gonna lose. I just had this superstition where I thought if I did not come to church, the Bulls was going to lose. But let me tell you what else I used to do during this time. I still used to ask my mommy and daddy, say, can I go to the bathroom, please? And you know a little phone right there where the choirs go up? Because that's before cell phones, you know, you know, we didn't have cell phones then. I used to call my boy and say, hey, Brandon, the Bulls winning? You know, I, that's when we was dominant, you know, and I said, you know, I, I didn't get nothing out of church because all I used to do is call him and I, you know, I had a very bad bladder at that time when it was championship time because I used to come out every minute to go see if the Bulls was winning. You know, I'm sure my parents thought I had the runs every time the championship game won because that's just how it was. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't, you know. But that's just how it is. We think that, you know, coming to church is just my way of getting to God. Now again, that doesn't mean that we don't come to church. We need to come together to youth group. We need to come together as the body of Christ because me and you need each other to help grow. But you see, so many times when we hear the word religion, it's because people are making that attempt to try to earn their salvation. They're trying to do things that they feel are right in God's eyes because this is what they've been told by others. And let me just challenge you even now as, as young people. Don't just take what whoever's up here speaking. Look in the Word for yourself. Study the Word for yourself. Because you know what? When you stand before God, you can't say, well, and you know, we have three, you know, you pastors who were there, Terrence, Mitchell, and now me. You can't say, well, you know, I just used to believe what Terrence used to teach. Or I just believe what Mitchell used to teach. Or I believe what, you know. You have to know what you believe. You have to know to defend your own faith. You can't just go by that. You have to know God's word for yourself. And Christ, God's weird way to reach man. You see, as we look at, first of all, religion again, man's normal way to reach God, we look at a, a verse in Isaiah. 
And we also see this verse also in the Gospels as well. And we can look at the next slide. And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. You see, another version puts like this. These people here honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How many of you have ever been to church, and, and you sang songs, and you never really, you know, it was just lip service. It, you, just never, it just, you just were singing it because that's what we were told to do. Anyone ever been there? Anyone ever just went through the motion and be like, well, you know, I'm coming to church. I'm going to, you know what? So-and-so looking over there. Let me put my hand up like this, you know, so they could see, you know, I really praising God. You see, we got to be careful. And God, Jesus even talked about this in the Gospels where he talked to the Pharisees and said, you know, you know all the right things to say. You know all the right, as we would say, Sunday school answers. You know, you could tell me all the right things that I want to hear. And let me tell you, I was where you were at. I knew everything the Sunday school teacher wanted to know. I came to Juana, I knew the verses. You know, I came to Sunday school, and when the teacher had a question, I knew right what they wanted me to tell them. But I'm going to tell you, until I became about 16, 17, me personally, I would say I, I was far from God. Because all I went on was what I knew. I knew what to say. I knew to look smart. I knew what they wanted to hear. Just like you. You may tell me the things I want to hear. You may tell your youth leaders in the small groups, this is what they want to hear. But you want me to tell you, you know it's the truth? God. God sees right through it. You see, you can honor your, you can feel like you're honoring God by raising your hand and so you can look good in, people, in front of people. But it doesn't matter. Because God sees right through our exterior. Again, we want to look at the second part is this. As we think of religion, this is what religion says. Religion says it's what I do. It's what I do. Not what Christ does, but it's what I do. Again, religion is about all about me. It's all about me. It's all about what I do. It's all about the things that I can do to look good in God's eyes. Again, it's all about what I do. You know, there's a, a religion out there that we um, know of that's all about works. It's works-based. Let there be light. You know, it's all about works-based. What can I do? You know, how can I earn favor in God's eyes? What, what can I do? And you know, there's so many people that believe that. There's so many people that go through the motions and just think, oh, I've done enough. And again, it says, if I obey God, He will love me. You know, only if I do the things that God wants, He'll love me. Let me look at Christ. And this is the picture that we need to understand. Religion versus Christ. You see, Jesus already paid it all. What has Jesus done? What has He done for us? He died. He rose again. Everything we're about is about Jesus. It's done. There's nothing that we can do to change it. It's done. It's all done. He died. He rose again. What? There's nothing we could do. Because God loves me, then I can obey. You know, there's so many times again, let me just, let me just say this when I talk about works. Because I think as a Christian, as a born-again believer, you should have good works because of your love for Christ. Yes, we don't get there by just our works. 
But because how much I love Christ, that should translate in my everyday life. And people should see that in me. Religion also leads to pride and despair. You see, religion, again, comes to pride. As we and you think of pride, we all struggle with this. Whether you want to believe it or not, we struggle with pride. Because you know what? At the end of the day, me and you are selfish people. It's always about me and you. It's always about me and you looking good. It's all about me and you getting the pat on the back. You know, there's a lot of you in this room tonight that are involved in ministries of Calvary Bible Church. Whether it's living stones, whether it's helping the nursery, whether it's junior church, whether it's all these different things. And the question I want to ask you is this, why do you do those things? Do you do it to bring honor and glory to God? Do you just help out in junior church and nursery to get out of the church service? Or are you really serving God? Are you truly there because you know what? I want to serve God. I want to bring glory to God. Again, as a teenager, I, was, I grew up in this church. I used to help with the three and four year olds because you know what? I want to get out of church service. See, we could fool ourselves, but we can't fool God. What brings us to the last point we want to look at tonight? Christ, God's weird way to reach man. And I want to just use an example of, of a guy who basically could brag. He could brag about his um, compliments, his um, accomplishments. He could brag about anything in life because he went through everything. He did the things that people thought were right in his eyes, that were right in the eyes of the people. And he said this, and this is Paul speaking. Though I myself have reason, starting in verse 4, have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. You see, let me just start there. You have to understand something about Paul. Paul could brag about all the accomplishments that he did. He, he was the one who could brag. Because he did everything in the, in the eyes of the people that was good. Let me tell you something about Paul as well. Paul was a passionate guy. Whether he was killing Christians or whether he was pursuing Christ, he was passionate. He was passionate about what he believed. And we see the Paul that, that his life, as he was Saul and into Paul, we see a transformation in him. And this verse right here we're going to look at, this is one of my favorite verses in all of, of Scripture. Verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. You see, Paul understood, you know what? I could have everything in this life, but it does not matter if I don't have Christ. I could have all the things that this earth thinks is good, but you know what I do? I count them as rubbish. And that rubbish word in, I think it's the Greek, means dumb. Or trash. Or dump. Anyone ever been to a dump before? Anyone ever been to a dump and smell how bad it was? It's very stink. Anyone ever stepped in dog poop before they came to church? That happened to me like two weeks ago. It stinks. But Paul is saying, look, I count them as rubbish. 
He counts it as rubbish. He counts it as absolutely nothing because you know what? He knows Christ. And that's what matters. It's not about all the other things in life. It's about knowing Christ. And notice what he says. He doesn't say, I know a lot about him, but I know him. You see, growing up as a child, as a teenager, I knew a lot about this book. I knew a lot about Christ. I knew a lot about him, but I didn't know him. And you know what? There may be some of you in this room tonight that know a lot about him, but you really don't know him. And that's a difference. It's a difference. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. And this is what the, the key is, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. You see, Paul recognized that everything in his life came from God. Everything. God is the one who changed him. It wasn't the things that he did, but God changed him, transformed him. You know, I, I, one thing I like about Paul and, and Saul in his life, it's almost as if when on that road to Damascus, everything just changed for him right away. Boom. Bam. It was like... Now, I'm not, I'm not saying tonight that everything's just going to change your life like that. No. But you know, we have to work at it. You see, me and you tonight can't say or brag on our own. We can't brag about the things that we have done. It's only what God does through us. It's only what God has done in us. You see, I can't earn my salvation. It's what God has done. God has allowed me to be a part of His family. It's nothing I did. He paid the price. If I could earn my way to heaven, then I, couldn't, I can't really earn it. Because I can't pay that price. As we saw in the video at the beginning, it had to be a perfect man who died. And you see, Christ didn't die. He didn't, he didn't have a death that... Me, he could have done in many different ways. But he died on the cross. Cross. Which was a very low death in those days. You see, for us tonight... Again, we come to the whole question about being weird. Are you willing to be weird? Are you willing to say, you know what? I understand. I cannot earn my way to heaven. Because God's already done it. He's already paid the price. Are you willing to understand tonight? And, and I just challenge you tonight. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, come and talk to our leaders. Talk to them in small groups. You know, come and see me, come and see Mitchell, whoever you want to talk to, one of the, the lady leaders. But remember this God has paid a price for you, He loves you. We sang a lot about it tonight. He loves you. What are you doing for Him? Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you again. Father, we just pray that you continue to be with us tonight as we. Continue in our small groups and after small groups as we continue to play games. Father, we pray that you would just be honoring our time. Pray that we have no injuries. But we just pray, Father, you continue just to work in our hearts. Pray tonight that we won't just be hearers of your word, but we be doers. That we would apply your word. And I pray tonight if there's one that doesn't know you as Savior, that they would come to know your Savior, Father. You just work in their hearts. 
Father, that you would just continue just to work in this youth group, Father, that people would see that we're different because we have you as our Savior and that you are running this youth group. We just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.